I can already see where this is going because then Casey Houseman goes home, right? And he's like doing his little fucking thing and he's talking to Fuzz Aldrin, which is like, these are the laziest names. Fuzz these Aldrin like, was adorable though. It was a cute cat, for sure. Cute cat. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure Fuzz Burger Aldrin King. drowned earlier. I'm pretty sure Fuzz Aldrin is dead now. Because oh, where no. is he for the rest of the movie? Spoiler alert, the cat doesn't make it. <laughs> he just abandons his cat. You know what they you know what Fuzz Aldrin said, you know? One one large step for feline kind, you know? One large leap for felines. Wait. One small leap for felines. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Real Critics? As always, it is Jose here, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. If you're just tuning in, here at EARC, John and I take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. We'll give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movie, that's us, break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and wrap it all up with our own overall score of the movie. But remember, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, because everyone's a real critic. So, let's get into it. John, my friend... My homie, my brother, my co-host. How you doing today, man? Today? Today. I'm doing great, man. You know why? Because I'm hanging out with oh, you, man. Shit. We're talking. Just the two of us. I figured I'd give you some of that love back. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I'm still reeling. Oh! You see what I mean? Real critic. Yeah. Real critic movies. Uh, from our last episode, talking Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald with Micah. From our friends at the MuggleCast. If you missed that one, definitely go back and check it out. And uh, if you did listen to that one and you're tuning back in, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming. Hey, how's it going? Follow us on the IG at EARCPOP. Let us know your thoughts, especially on what we're talking about this week, which is not Fantastic Beast <laughs> 3, Secrets of Dumbledore, unfortunately, <laughs> because it does qualify. It does? This week we're talking. Oh, it wow, does, dude. dude. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring Micah back for that one then. We'll yeah, see. we could. We could. Or maybe we bring someone else back. Let us know. Who should we bring back for that pod? Let us know. Tweet at us. IG us. DM us. Cause Elon might delete your tweets. But what Elon will never do is disappoint some of the characters in this movie <laughs> that we're talking about today. Moonfall, which got a thirty eight percent critic score and a seventy percent audience score. Uh, that's definitely more than 20%. That's math right there. I'm not going to do it for you, but you already know it. I know we're going to talk about Moonfall today, but as we always do in the age of a dying Netflix, we're here to let you in on stuff that's either really good or really bad. So let's get into it. What you watching? watching? What it's been about the last two weeks, but I have been devouring content. I don't know. So I'm going to start out with the first thing I watched after the last pod, um, Severance, which I, again, mm. I housed it like Dylan's burger. 
I tweeted about this and freaking Patricia Arquette liked it, which is crazy because she's in it. Yeah, it's he like did. my most liked tweet. I felt famous for a split second. And then I realized how shitty fame would be because my phone was just like ringing off the hook for like three hours. Yeah, was it was it? weird. <laughs> I got like 60 likes on that thing, which was bizarre, but wild regardless. And I, oh, and I did boy. say this on Twitter, but to talk about the show for a second... Um, this was one of the most original, relevant, and intriguing science fiction shows I've seen in the last like 10 years. And what I love about it the most is that it's doing what science fiction, like, in my opinion, you could probably argue this, is supposed to do, which is use science fiction concepts to explore and criticize reality. In this case, it's like criticizing how we as a society have like adopted work culture how we become two people. We have our work selves and our real selves. Uh, the story obviously takes that and just runs with it. It goes bananas. But uh, I can't recommend this show enough. It's exciting. It's biting. It's funny. It's really good. <laughs> have you seen it? Oh, hell yeah. I enjoyed it because it was definitely written intended for another season so i did like that there were a lot of storylines that opened up for us and we got a lot of opportunity i think in this season to really meet the characters Absolutely. that are present in the show instead of forcing uh, trying to tie up a plot which happens a lot in disney plus i don't want to talk shows. about spoilers but the season finale is incredible and it will leave you wanting more for sure um yeah, and that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say because I think that every you need to watch the show. You, listener, right now. I did. <laughs> Not you, John. The listener. <laughs> Needs to watch this show. You. Yeah, you. You. Got, you, in your car, right now. Yeah. You should go yeah. watch Severance after you get home from work. You know. Do, you do, walked, you actually, do, while you, you were distracted by us, you actually walked to the wrong subway platform. You're, you're going uptown. You need to go downtown, so. Yeah. Just get back up. This is actually your stop right now. This is your stop right now. Get Um, out. Look up. (laughs) I could talk about the next thing I watched, John, but I think that we should trade off. I think that you should give me something now. Oh, I should go. And then then I'll go after you. Yeah, yeah. Because we do have a lot to talk about. I watched a movie on HBO Max called Free Guy. I guess you can also get it on Disney Plus if you choose to do so. The movie was entertaining. It stars Ryan Reynolds and it, to me, felt like it was written by someone. The premise is a video game character who is a non-playable character or an NPC as they really harp on the NPC thing. And he decides, hey, I'm done being a loser. And I'm going to free all my video game people and all the video game worldness around me. Um, he essentially becomes the Moses of the non-playable <laughs> character <laughs> people. And so to me, it felt like it was written by someone who had never played video games, but reads the news, which is fair. I also found it interesting because the bad guy in this movie, Taika Waititi, not himself, plays an actor was a bad guy in this movie well the actor plays a character yeah sure same but taika watiti <laughs> is not the bad guy in you know it's not about him being yeah. the bad guy you know like it's not like unbearable weight of massive talent where the actor is playing themselves right like exactly yeah um 
What was funny to me is this guy is being portrayed as a bad guy because he is kind of selling out on the original game, Free City, to create Free City 2, where he just wants to essentially turn it into a cash cow, an IP cash cow. And that was interesting to me because the movie itself is an IP cash cow. So I couldn't tell if it was contradictory by mistake or if it was super meta inception trying to prove a point kind of like inception you know huh. what i mean i i feel like you're onto something but i think it's ironic it didn't feel like to me the movie was criticizing um ip cash cows well, i guess it kind of was was it, it? Was. it was that was it uh, was but then yeah. the movie itself like ryan reynolds was out captain america's shield at one point and it's a, it's you know, a product placement machine, Oakley's. Yeah, that's the car of the movie. Yeah, I think it's irony. I don't know if it was on purpose. Um, I watched it too. I thought it was okay. <laughs> it was fun. It was it was really entertaining. It wasn't it was. good. It wasn't bad. But it was there. You know. I yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I thought that the fact that she falls in love with that guy though was insanity. Weird. Hey, well, hold on. We all, you know of our age back in the day there was before there was tinder and grinder and <laughs> bumble and jdate and coffee and bagel hinge and, and farmers only and hinge and you christian get what mingle. i'm saying christian mingle uh yeah. there was um, yeah well yeah, yeah. there yeah, was uh this Dilfs website called area. yeah Ooh. gilfs dilfs gilfs for sure what's it like an ant ales is that too close to an owl could you maybe get something you don't want at that point anyway what i'm trying to say is runescape everyone had their runescape partner that they were trying runescape to gfs after. runescape gfs runescape bfs like that was a thing you know <laughs> so it was a thing and it was like i'll give you 5k to be my gf <laughs> yeah not real. 5K GP to be my GF. Yeah, I'll mine some ore for you for two hours. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I mean, it's not far okay. out. Yeah. People people probably date on, like, Roblox and Minecraft nowadays, you know, like That's little kids saying. flirting with each other and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So but it, not, it, I don't know. Yeah, I got my WoW girlfriend, you know. <laughs> Haven't seen her in a few years. <laughs> That's a real thing. I'm not right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You'll fall in love with a video game or a person on the other side of the screen. Definitely. What was kind of kind of gooey and lame was at the end where he's he goes, I was my code was written for someone. And I was like, all right, that's OK. Anyway, how about you, man? So what was next your next thing one? I watched after Severance? I binged another TV show called Minx on HBO Max. Have you heard of it? No, but okay. I know what a minx is. Yeah, so I think it's a great name for the show. You know, um, they're like little rodents. The show right? is supposed to be no. Well, yes, <laughs> but <laughs> but no. This show is, uh, you know, I I really enjoyed it. It's basically about a woman, a feminist, whose dream it is to start a magazine that'll like empower women and critique the patriarchy, but. Um, in the show, it's 1970s L.A., so the concept at the time was difficult to digest, and nobody can really see her vision as 
profitable, uh, except for one guy, and that guy is uh, played by Jake Johnson. Um, Jake Johnson plays basically this pornographer slash publisher named Doug, uh, Doug Renetti, and they team up and they make uh, Minx, which is turns out to be an erotic magazine for women where Joyce Prigger, who is played by Ophelia Lovebond, can uh, profess her feminist manifestos while Doug continues to make erotic uh, content. So it's like just dicks, and then next to it, it's like, you know, like birth control for women, you know? Um, and it's it's funny. It's a fun concept because the show really shines with the chemistry of the characters, and, you know, you're playing... When you, when you use Ophelia Love Bond's character and you put her right next to a guy who's like the complete opposite of what she stands for, they play really well together. They're both really charismatic. The show ends up being like really earnest and, and they all, everybody in the show, like the main cast, really grows due to their relationships with each other. And uh, it's a lot of laughs. It's, it's really funny. It's, it's, it's great. It's entertaining. It's really good. And it made me realize why HBO... HBO Max is probably the best streaming platform out right now. I mean, it's got a lot of really original content and a lot of premium TV shows, both from the past, but it's constantly pumping out new ones now. And their quality, exactly. And they have stuff for everybody, you know, like with releases like the Batman coming out on there, but then also having classics like Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, they have like that TCM section for like cinephile nerds and there's also stuff for like casual viewers and there's also stuff for like those poor, poor DC fans that just get the shittiest quality of stuff. But then Peacemaker comes out and you're like, oh shit, this is actually a good TV show, you know? Um, so it's, I think, I think HBO Max is, it's doing what Netflix wanted to do. <laughs> The only one that I've watched since last time that is worth mentioning is Outer Range on Amazon Prime. Stars Josh Brolin. And at the time we're recording right now, there are four episodes out. I'm hooked. I can't tell you what the hell's going on, but we know I'm a sucker for a few things. And this has two and a half of the top five things that I love in anything. It's a Western. Love me a good Western. It's a little murder mystery. Who doesn't oh, love a little, it. you know, who who done it? Murder mystery, <laughs> right? And the uh, the half that it has going for it is the paranormal time jump situation. I'm not fully in. I'm only half right now because so many times this paranormal angle fails in shows and movies. It totally falls flat. But when it works. I hate you so much. It's Inception. (laughs) But when it falls flat, it's like, it's it's pretty much like any M. Night Shyamalan movie show in the last 15 years. The next thing I wanted to talk about, which was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Because holy crap, this movie also takes science fiction and uses it to tell a real story uses the concept to propel a, a, a story that's actually very grounded. I don't... Dude, this fucking movie, Jesus Christ. This movie, I love this so much. I It's off the walls. It's insane. And I know you might feel a little bit differently about this one, John. But for what it's worth, you haven't seen it yet. It was directed by Daniels, which is a duo 
that Brit brought a Swiss Army man. So, like, they're already insane. You know, they're just doing ridiculous shit. And this movie is ridiculous. But it's, like, genre-bending. And it's using, like I said, these crazy concepts to tell a real story. Michelle Yeoh in this movie is a f goddamn treasure. And it's the return to acting of Short Round, K. He Kwan, who is, he plays Short Round in, in Indiana Jones, and his performance is incredible. The film, in its core, is basically a family drama about a woman who is struggling to connect with her family, with her daughter and her husband, and her journey to acceptance and like what it takes for her to realize, for her to value what she has. Um, it's silly, it's creative, it is absolutely batshit insane, and it is one of the most entertaining and fun movies I've seen in a very long time. This movie and The Northman give me hope in the future of cinema. Like, I just watched The Northman today, and it is crazy. It, I'm so glad these two movies are out right now. If you haven't gone to the movie theater since the pandemic, you have to go. You know what I mean? It just bums me out because The Northman is probably not going to make its money back. I read this insane Variety article about this movie that was calling it like a slick art house film, which is wild because it feels just like a it's a it's a movie. It's like a movie that we used to get back in the day when a director would take a passion project and be like, I'm going to make an insane epic about a Viking who is like on a quest for revenge to kill the man that murdered his father, which is basically what this movie is all about. And like the only thing that could possibly justify the art house comment is that it's a robert eggers film so it feels a little 824 y you know what i mean like the camera shots are very deliberate and like i said man it sucks that this movie costs 90 million dollars which is not really a lot of money when you think about it but when you think about most blockbusters dude like fuck even moonfall that we're talking about today it costs 140 million dollars and it looks like shit and it's as if critics in critics eyes it's like if a movie doesn't have a caped crusader or a talking raccoon all of a sudden, it's an art house movie. I don't know. I think this movie is super original. The, the Northman, that is. It's a bummer that it's probably going to bomb in theaters. But I can only hope, hope that uh, word of mouth is good enough to draw people to go see this because it's good. It's really good. It's brutal. It's savage. It's dirty. It's otherworldly. It's it's great. It feel it feels like the Green Knight. Did you ever watch the Green Knight? It gave me Green Knight vibes. Did I also went to Medieval Times and saw the Green Knight? Yeah, put cool. on a good performance. <laughs> I've You've never, never been, been to Medieval, medieval times. times, so maybe maybe go to Medieval Times and then afterwards go watch The Northman because we need more movies like these. We need more studios to okay movies like these. These are great movies. Speaking of great movies, it reminded me of the movie that just got announced. Ooh, Fast Ten, Big Day. Let's talk about this slick art. That's what I wanted to talk about. Fast Ten. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be, it's gonna be low budget, uh -huh. indie, no name actors. Fast Ten. Oh yeah. Are you excited? I'm, dude. I'm excited for this movie. Of course, I'm excited for this movie. Did you read you that massive post that Dwayne Johnson put on? Oh yeah! Didn't either, I send it to you? Either I sent it to you, or you sent oh, it to yeah. me. Oh yeah, one Clearly of us sent we it thought to about each other. each other when we. Yeah. Were <laughs> yeah. Someone, if you haven't seen what Vin Diesel is doing on Instagram right now, he's he really doing the is. Lord's work. 
honestly. If you post anything towards him that inspires him, he will send you an epic. If you're lucky. A novel. If you're lucky. An essay. Inspiring you. Making you feel that you are the one that is fueling. You are the diesel to Vin. But I did want to say one thing about Fast 10. So I think where we're going. Oh, so you want to give some, uh, you're going to give some. The uh, first one. I'm going to let the people in on something. The first one is we go to space. We got to the, we got to space. I think we're going to go to the moon or even beyond. I think we even make it to Mars. I think these cars, they're powerful. (laughs) You know, you can do anything nowadays. (laughs) I think you can make it to Mars. And, and if anyone's going to do it, it's vehicle, vehicle identification, identification number Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's right. The other is they go back in time. I think which that I think is, is fucking hilarious. Much more likely. I think if, if it's either they go back in time, they go to the moon, or they drill into the center of the Earth. Those are the options. So... Ooh. Well, you want to know why time travel is number one for me, but I do like your center of the earth because there is an angle there too. Time travel is number one for me because I think we know Brian is coming back. I think we know uh, that character is coming back. And if they go mm-hmm. back in time, well, well, they well, save wait, him. Well, Brian is alive in the Fast and Furious universe. He didn't die. <laughs> no. So, so are you, in your mind, like... Vin Diesel, well, Dominic Toretto is going to go back in time. He's going to travel to this universe, right, on a, in a DeLorean or something to save Paul Walker from That's ever right. dying tragically in that car accident. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I'm into that. I'd watch that movie. Fuck yeah. That's that right. sounds great. I can already see it. I yeah. can see it now. Multiverse it's like and Dominic time Toretto travel. in a dark garage, right? There's a car, but it's underneath a tarp, you know, and he slowly walks to it. And then you hear the back to the future, whatever. And then he pulls the, he pulls the tarp off and it's the DeLorean. And then from the background, you hear, Dom! (laughs) You hear Doc Brown call out Dominic Toretto's name. Tells him he has to go back in time. Oh, or is he going to the future? Or is it a multiverse See, situation? Everything, everything Fast is 10, leading the to multiverse, multiverse of madness. Day, so, multiverses <laughs> are love in. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. If they do go to space, it's possible that maybe they're in the sequel to the movie we're talking about today. Moonfall, Moonfall, baby. baby. <laughs> Let's head into the real, real rundown. rundown. So this real rundown might be. The first one we do that's actually uh, less than two minutes. So here we go. We start on a 2011 mission to fix a space satellite when a gust of space wind ruins everything and killing Marcus, Frank Fiola, Captain Harper, Patrick Wilson is forced to act quickly to save his remaining crew. Just one more person, Captain Fowler, Halle Berry. Harper is now a deadbeat dad who lost all of his money in trying to protect his name from the accusations of lunacy of what happened in space. In addition to all of his money, he also lost his family. How about that? Then 10 years in the future, Dr. Casey Hausman, John Bradley, pretends to be Captain Harper at an appearance and teaches a group of kids that the moon is actually hollow. And more importantly, he's not crazy. Long story short, the moon goes off its orbit because uh, it, it actually is hollow. 
In fact, there's a megastructure inside of the moon that being attacked by an enemy AI. And the only way the Earth can be saved is for dismissed Captain Harper to fly a powerless spaceship inside a crater on the moon to defeat the enemy AI. Casey Hausman and Fowler accompany Harper on the mission to save the world. Meanwhile, very important subplot, we follow Harper's kid, Sonny, Charlie Plummer, uh, Harper's ex-wife, Carolina, Bartzak, her new husband, Tom, Carl, uh, <laughs> Michael Pena, uh, Fowler's son, Jimmy, Zane Maloney, and a random foreign exchange student, Michelle, who's played by Wen Yin Yu, on a trek against all odds to get to a bunker in Colorado with Fowler's ex-husband slash military general, Davidson, M.A. Ecuador. It makes about as much sense as you think. Yeah. It really does. Um, as the Earth crew battles rogue outsiders, pillagers, and natural disaster, the space crew gets to the middle of the moon where they learn that humans long ago created created AI. That's it. Not an AI. They just created AI that eventually got a mind of its own, Ultron, and began to fight against organic life and technology they save the key to life in what's called a megastructure, and the only one left is inside the moon. And the only way to stop the moon from going into the earth is to kill the AI. Casey sacrifices his life as someone who has always uh, lacked purpose but wanted purpose and saves the planet, killing the AI, and is forever stuck in the megastructure. Fowler and Harper return home as heroes, and the earth begins anew the end that's the movie so what did you guys think? <laughs> <Follow us> at- <laughs> thanks for tuning into everyone's a real critic that was moonfall uh john i'm not gonna lie to you man i watched this movie last night and i feel like i've already forgotten most of the things that happened your your rundown right there definitely was yeah. a refresher but it just reminded me that this is a dumb movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think my first uh Going into it and going into it again. Wait, you watched honestly. it twice? Uh, man, it's a wild ride. No, but I feel like I'm reliving it right now. Uh, it, was it was a wild insane. ride. There's so much honestly. in this that didn't make any fucking sense. Um, but my first thoughts going into no. it, like I had no idea that it was a Roland Emmerich movie. Um, so Roland Emmerich is famous, for those of you that don't know, for his disaster porn, which is what I like to call it. He's made all these movies where like just Baby. shit is falling into the earth. There's massive floods, you know, like in, in Day After Tomorrow, people have to run away from the cold. Um, he also did like Godzilla, just movies about disasters, you know, and unfortunately, this movie isn't really all that different from those, except for there's nanotech AI all of a sudden it becomes like a science fiction movie halfway well not science fiction an alien movie halfway through it or i want to say like the third act right which was wild i will say that i was surprised to see Halle Berry in this movie she's incredible the way she delivers garbage well is incredible and patrick bateman patrick wilson too excuse me patrick bateman is an american psycho <laughs> John, if it wasn't for the pot, I would have never watched this movie. And it's over two hours long, which is absolutely ridiculous. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think the only time I think I would have pulled this movie up was if it was a nice spring Sunday, a little rain outside, and I needed some background noise to take a nap to. That's probably the only time I'd uh, cue this movie up or yeah. turn it on the television. Let's figure out why this was, as we mentioned before, at the top, at the rip, 38% critic score, 70% audience score. So, I mean, the 70%... That's it's pretty surprising, solid. So let, isn't let's, it? Uh, let's maybe get into surprising. it. It is a bit surprising. But let's get into it and maybe figure out uh, why that is. You know, I mean, that even from the open, beginning, huh? <laughs> which is wild, that cold open, huh? That 2011 mission to space, fixing a satellite, and then out of nowhere, just a gust of wind comes. But it much. wasn't a gust of and wind. And then the one guy dies. It was dies. that nanotech thing. And we just see it coming to hit. Yeah, like, but at first you're just it like... It looked like the wave in X-Men or in Fantastic Four that like gives them yeah. their power, you know? Or, in, yeah, in X-Men and Dark Phoenix that like awakens the Phoenix in Jean Grey. That's the vibe I got. Um, but like the cold open itself starts with Patrick Wilson's character like miss-singing the, 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 the I Bless the Rains down in Africa. And it's... It reads to me like we're supposed to become endeared to this to these characters because they're like, hey, that's my work wife. Yeah, blah, 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 you know, but and like already I feel like you have a work do wife. I have a work wife. Yeah, I have a work wife. Yeah. Yeah. She's cool. Oh, nice. um, I well, you have a regular wife. I don't know. I just felt like already the cold open was it felt forced like the dialogue felt forced there because first of all, nobody mishears the lyrics to I bless the rains down. Everybody knows as I bless the rains. It's like an iconic song. Except him. He thought it was I missed the rains. What does that even mean? Have you ever messed up that? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I gibberish my way through songs all the time. Like uh, what? What's the best one? Temperature by Sean Paul. Ooh. Okay, yeah, okay. just give us a line really quick. Y'all and kill our tit, Sean Paul. <laughs> someone get it. <laughs> Fight Milena Party Naughty Shot. We don't want to get sued by Sean Paul. Oh my god. Heck of the way then bye, boy. I wanna be keeping you on. I got the right temperature to shelter you from the storm. From the Ooh. space storm, baby. <laughs> The thing that got me in the cold open, maybe this was a sign for the rest of the movie, is when the space gust of nanotech comes through, right? And it starts destroying everything. There is an attempt for the movie to go silent because it's space, right? And there's no noise in space from what I've, if space is real, <laughs> if, if you're one of those losers that believes space. in space. <laughs> I don't know. There's right? explosions in Star Wars. Uh, Good point. Good point. It goes between silence and then it picks back up the noise. What are we trying to do? Are we are we keeping it more realistic or are we just going all in on being a, being funky, you know? And so I kind of had trouble. And then early. we cut to we immediately cut to his little kid, uh, Captain Fowler. What's his name? Captain Harper. I don't know which one it is. Patrick Wilson's Harper. kid is watching yeah. the news and we get exposition through this kid watching the news on a laptop you know and he's like daddy's not coming home 
And then we just flash forward after that to yeah. like years later and Patrick Wilson's kid is like being arrested or something. And he's yeah. on the news Sunny. as well. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It was just like all over the place already. And then we learn that, yeah, he's got like financial issues because Halle Berry kind of threw him under the bus, not backing him up, even though she was unconscious. The fact that Patrick Wilson's kid's name is Sonny yeah. is also another sign of how lazy the writing is. Absolutely. This is getting. This is my son, Sonny, and my daughter over here, Dottie. <laughs> and my other kid, Junior. Yeah, and that's his cousin over there, Kuzo. And, uh... <laughs> and my uncle, yeah. Auntie. So then we meet Casey, who's a fry cook. Doctor Casey, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fry. He's cook. like a, he's like a drive-through worker or something, right? Doctor Casey Houseman, sure. who gets like a text or something that the moon is fucked, and so he has to yeah. like go outside and like make a call to NASA's customer service desk. <laughs> Dude, that'd be wild if you were just like working your job, any job, right? And you just get a text like, yo, bro, moon yeah. is fucked. Yeah, the moon's <laughs> fucked, dude. I gotta go. Holy shit, we're all fucked. I gotta go. I'm taking my uh-huh. break. I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean what, 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 if that were actually happening, what would you do? Would you call 911? <laughs> Hello, operator? Yeah, the moon. The moon is falling. <laughs> it's insanity. Insanity. But then we cut to Commander Harper, whatever his name is. And he is, like, his landlord's trying to get him out of the house. So he, like, jumps out the window. And it's everything, everything is clearly green screened. Like, his motorcycle must be on a green screen stage, right? And then he pulls up to the, um, I don't know, the that uh, that planetarium or whatever that's in L.A. That I don't know yeah. what it's called. Uh, which is obviously also green screened behind him. <laughs> This movie seems like it was entirely Dude, they had to save the money for space. Screen. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So it, like already like looks like shit. The dialogue is shit. The story is already shit. I'm like, okay, I can already see where this is going because then Casey Houseman goes home, right? And he's like doing his little fucking thing, and he's talking to Fuzz Aldrin, which is like these are the laziest names. These are like Fuzz Aldrin was adorable. Though. He was a cute cat for sure. Cute cat. And then I was thinking, like, he's like, he's like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh, the cat fucking pissed on the newspaper. He's going to pick it up and it's going to tell him what to do right there. And that's exactly also, what happens. Also, apparently it was astronaut day. That's a thing. I didn't know that was. A and thing. I'm just wondering why I don't have work off on astronaut day, honestly. <laughs> why are Trying we trying to show respect? Uh, yeah. Respecting all of these astronauts. It's ridiculous, yeah. if you ask me. Um, so, yeah, then after that, I mean, fuck, man, this movie is a Yeah, he shows up to, I love that he shows up to the museum, shows up to the museum planetarium thing, and uh, immediately all the kids that are there just start shitting on him. Yeah. He's supposed to be the special guest, and they just all are like, Well, yeah, he's not. <laughs> it's supposed to be Harper, but he just shows up. Right, but he's... But he's pretending to be the astronaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know yeah. any. And they're better. like, my teacher like, told me you'd be late. Like, what? 
Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> Who's watching teacher? you right now? Oh, but then we get, uh, before that, when he's in the room with Fuzz Aldrin, we get the incredible line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, oh, what am I going to do? NASA didn't take my call. So he looks up to his wall, and he's got a photo of the SpaceX rocket. And he goes, what would Elon do? And you're just like, what? I, I like had to pause it. I had to record it. I had to post it on everything. Because Elon just bought Twitter. Elon would have bought Twitter. <laughs> And if Elon exists in this universe, why didn't he donate any rockets to help save the world? You know, like. Shout out doing your thing out there, buying up Twitter, coming up with wild things, being the man. You know what he'd be doing right now? He's got so many other plans up his sleeve. Uh Uh-huh. Underground, underground highways. Don't work. What happened? Mars. Twitter. The other the other one that he's doing like come on dude is busy all right so dude, hey, he's he busy. wants to he's drop making, a 44 billy on twitter he's making flamethrowers yeah, he's too they're only 500 bucks by the way oh only 500 bucks i've actually held one they're pretty cool but <laughs> it's still Sell a out. fucking flamethrower it's so dumb <laughs> Uh, for what it's worth, um, uh, ERC does not condone anything that Elon Musk might do. Unless Elon, you know, you had $44 billion to buy Twitter. I will let you know that our podcast is a lot less it's a than lot, $44 Yeah, it's worth dollars. a lot less money than $44 billion. It's only worth $24 billion. So. Yeah, it still <laughs> ends in a million. But yeah. You could solve less, homelessness you know, in America, hit us up. or you could buy EARC right now. Yeah, you could buy our platform mm-hmm. right now. Challenge is on you. Your move. <laughs> Your move, Elon. Hey, Elon, ask yourself, what would Elon do? John, you, yeah. know, you know another thing that I love is that uh, it cuts to... Elon? No, I hate Elon, but it cuts to, um, I think, like, Halle Berry, like, her NASA people are, like, also figuring out that the moon is fucked. And there's this amazing yeah. graphic on the te- on the screen. <laughs> it's like clearly the Earth, and then it's surrounded by the moon, and then there's a little red line that shows like the moon falling out of orbit, right? And a guy walks up and he goes, What the hell am I looking at here? <laughs> like he can't fucking Like he can't figure it out. <laughs> What kind of engineer are you? <laughs> mm, that looks bad. Is that us? <laughs> yeah, where am I? Am I the little red guy? <laughs> That's so dumb. It's so dumb. Holy shit. It's amazing. This movie's so stupid. It's fucking... It's actually hilarious. Now that we're talking about also, it, I think like I might just rewatch this just for the laughs. <laughs> it, it It's bad, but... It could be worse. It could be worse. Um, no, this is definitely one of those movies you need to shut your brain off and then lock it in a box and then just throw it out the window. Absolutely. The one thing that cracked me up about that same scene is when it's like, he's like, hey, what do we have here? And then it's just like, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's just literally like, well, I'm out. <laughs> So this guy, well, so first, literally first, before he's like, "Yo, I'm out." He, 
he totally lied to the whole country in a press conference, which takes a lot of balls. And and then Halle Berry is like, "Whoa, you just lied to the whole country!" And he's just like, "Get in line. You work for me he's like, now. I serve the and American people." Five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes later, he quits his job because it's too <laughs> it's hard. So also, like this guy, whoever this guy is, is a complete idiot because Halle Berry explains to him, she's like. Oh, the moon has fallen into an elliptical orbit. And he's like, meaning? <laughs> he's like, what does that mean? Can someone tell me what the hell I'm I know the word. <laughs> I know what an elliptical is, and I've heard of orbit. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what they do now, You're saying all these words and you're putting them together, but I'm not getting any of this. <laughs> oh, oh, my hilarious. goodness. And then, and when, then the guy's like, we got the- three weeks to live before the moon hits us right oh shit i didn't even hear the three weeks part i was like man things are progressing exactly because the like it cuts to like cnn like the world is ending people are looting (laughs) there's like gas a guy like walks out of a gas station with a wad of money and he's like look at this and he goes might as well use it to wipe your ass it's worthless yeah (laughs) like what it went quick (laughs) going quick is nuts. I love that, and then I love how the reaction from everyone, including Tom, the Michael Pena, who that whole thing is useless. But Holy he shit. looks at Harper's ex-wife, or I guess his wife at the time, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "We got to get to Colorado. Why? Why? Colorado? <laughs> Why, dude? You got three weeks, bro. Go somewhere nice. Yeah. The Grecian Islands are pretty nice to die on." I mean, yeah, we I gotta think get to Colorado. Hawaii would be some oh, kind of God. beach. Town this movie, least, this movie, right? this movie is going to make us jump all over the place because then they're in Colorado. And remember, like Sonny shows up finally and uh, a fucking At meteorite. No, it's like in like the first or second act still a meteorite blasts into the mountain and it like there's snow falling everywhere and they literally just like glance at it and then just continue their conversation. They're like, anyways. Well, guess it's another inside. media shower night. <laughs> Dude, I hate when it rains meteors now. Insane. They got two countries up to the moon so insanely quick. China, China's like donated, like donated a rocket or something to the U.S., which leads me to believe, oh, they were expecting this movie to make money in China. Like, they wanted this movie to be marketable in China, which I'm assuming is why the Sonny's love interest is an Asian woman who says nothing. Right. Very forced. And an exchange student. Yeah. She says nothing yeah, at all. Yeah, that was tough. So, after we learn all of that, we then see Casey uh, Hausman summon his followers like the riddler and uh love that he wraps it with free bagels so we get there harper joins up with them and casey sort of explains this whole theory sort of and then harper is like i'm in but i'm not in but i'm in and then a huge flood comes yeah Yeah, dude like out of nowhere a massive flood comes because okay yeah the tides are being fucked with because of the moon or whatever but, like, right after that scene, Casey and Patrick Bateman, Patrick Wilson's character, are just, like, asleep in that same hotel room. Like, they didn't even... 
Like they just stayed there? Yes. But that that's when we get a little uh heart to heart, you know? They share a little bit about their ambitions. That's true. You know? Like now now the those two I characters always wanted are to be an astronaut. Mm -hmm. My dad my dad told me I'd never be an astronaut, so here I am, I guess. Yeah, what is Patrick an Wilson's astronaut. character? He's like, Yeah, my dad used to beat me too, or some dumb shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Casey's just like, Yeah, I'm a loser and I have a really shitty, like a way shittier life than you, bro. Like, He's like, my mom doesn't even remember who I am. Yeah. My mom doesn't know who I am. My dad died when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm a freaking loser who believes in megastructures and hollow moons. And no one believes. And I'm pretty sure Fuzz Aldrin drowned earlier. I'm pretty sure Fuzz Aldrin is dead now. Because where is he for oh, the rest of the no. movie? Well, he makes it at the end. Well, yeah, it's like the construct, right? Like the... Uh... Spoiler alert. Wow. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. The cat doesn't make it. <laughs> he just abandons his and cat. And then, yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do, man. Mm -hmm. You know what they, you know what Fuzz Aldrin said, you know, one, one large step for feline kind, mm -hmm. you know? It's like one large leap for felines. Wait. One yeah. small leap for me. <laughs> Whatever, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, NASA drops a probe on the moon that dives deep into a random crater that's on the moon now. And uh, the nanotech thing just blasts it out of there. What's happening? And then kills the people over there. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because there's yeah, people in the It kills the people. Yeah. And then we immediately are like, oh, this is an alien AI now. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with aliens at this yeah. point. Because the it literally like smashes into their faces. The AI does. Yeah. And then and then when that happens, when they see when the government people see that happen, that's when the CIA or the NASA guys was like, Yep, that sucks. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, tell your family you love Damn. them. <laughs> yeah. All right, Valerie, you're up. <laughs> so fucking dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, can you imagine how fucking terrifying this would be, though, in real life? Like, all of a sudden, floods, alien AI, the whole world's going to shit. And then it cuts to, like, a guy who's, like, smoking a joint, just, like, watching the flood happen. Like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Yeah. Whoa, That'd shit. be me. That would 100% be me. I'd just be like, shit, we're fucked. <laughs> I think at first I would be pretty annoyed that, wow, you guys gave us three weeks notice, even though this event, well, I wouldn't have known, I guess, but in the whole scheme of things, this started at least 10 years before. Yes. So they've known about this for 10 years and then they waited three it's weeks. Insane. It's insane. It's like, so NASA had the, the video of Patrick Wilson being attacked by the sentient nano wave. Um, Mm -hmm. And they just sat on it for 10 years. That seems, that's probably the most plausible thing in this movie, though. Is it? Yeah, the government hides oh, a yeah, bunch of shit from us. Sucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. wait, because so, then it cuts to, like, Holdenfield is the guy covering it up. And then we never see Holdenfield again. No. Ever. Because it doesn't matter. Anyway, so after that... Fowler is getting people prepared to live in a bunker now. So she's calling her kid and she has a foreign exchange student who 
looks a little old to be a foreign exchange student. After that, we learn about this EMP thing called the ZX-ray 7. If it goes into the moon, it could so, take out the alien AI. Yeah. That's what we learn at that point. So Fowler is now in charge and ready to lead, lead this mission. So apparently the foreign exchange student who's played by Kelly, Kelly Yu Wen Wen. Kelly Yu Wen Wen is like a famous Chinese singer. She's like a Chinese Canadian singer oh. and actress. So again, I'm so thinking you might be even more yeah, right on this. I'm theory. thinking that she's literally only in this movie. They casted her just so that they could hit that international market. Do you also think maybe that other countries, let's say you were trying to appeal to China. Do you think other countries maybe take offense that America is always the one that saves the world? Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, I would if I if I wasn't an American. I mean, I do, and I am an American. <laughs> yeah, it's like it shouldn't hmm. shouldn't be that way, really. Could it be anyone else? <sighs> you don't want me Anybody? to get into this, well, John. Borders are imaginary, well, anyways. You know, we don't need them. When you're the best, you're the best. Am I right? <laughs> you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta get the work done. You know, can't rely on everyone else holding you back. So, after the mission starts. This is when we sort of get into a little bit more story, I guess, if you want to call it that, where uh, we finally, Fowler, Harper, and Casey meet, all three for the first time. And Fowler and Harper clearly have some beef since, you know, she sold him out for a political career. And uh, the problem is Fowler needs Harper to lead this mission back to the moon since he's the only pilot ever, I guess, to land a shuttle without power. And they think, hey, we need power in here because this thing is going after machines yeah. or anything, well, they don't know any that tech. Yet, right? That... They don't know that yet. Well, I think there was something that happened in the mission when if some, something turned off and they noticed that it didn't go after it or something, because they'd come to the conclusion or maybe she talks to that guy, Holdfield or whatever. No, no. I think that I don't Fowler remember. and Casey and Harper figure that out on the way there. Oh, cause they're okay. like about to be attacked or something and they have to turn their phones off and shit. Remember? Sure. Cause apparently yeah. I didn't know that your phone, your cell phone was still working out of space. I'm going to spoil some news here for okay, you. Go I'm going to break some news. You don't actually have to put your phone on airplane mode when you're in a plane. Really? Why do we do that? I think, I'm sure if everyone had their phone off airplane mode, maybe there would be an issue. But I accidentally, I have two phones. And I accidentally leave one of them on in my backpack all the time never turn it off just by accident and uh wow. we've never crashed so it's not that yeah. it's like there's some nanotech out there that's gonna find us because we have our phones on inside of a inside of a plane that's definitely not it right no okay no wow it's it's big flight traffic control coming wow. after you making you shut down technology and pay for things that you don't need john i think you're right so by you the way um i think that after the astronauts are murdered, Halle Berry realizes that it's because of the technology. Yeah, which is why they go yes. and they get Harper, Patrick Wilson's character. Yeah. 
So then they get him, and then he has to pilot, like, an old-ass shuttle that they pull out of the Smithsonian or something. And, dude, this is all happening so fast. So fast. Yes. It's flying by. And yet, I, I remember being bored. <laughs> I also love that, like, when they get to the museum, there's just, like... There's graffiti on the on the um, space shuttle, and it says "fuck the moon." <laughs> like, yeah, you tell it, you tell that fucking moon. non-sentient structure, fuck off. You, you don't mean fuck stuff you, to moon. Me. There was also a scene where uh, Casey, you know, Casey and Harper are in the NASA center, right? And I remember Casey sort of being there and there was a national security officer who looked at, at Casey, gave him, gave him one of these, like, Oh yeah. She gave him the you know fuck guys. Yeah. I think she was trying to, yeah. she was like, Hey, three weeks, you know, well, this guy's got an accent, love British accents. What a spin that was. Also, been, once huh? Casey is in there, he makes those other astronauts look like fucking idiots but the irony is that he is saying the dumbest shit in the world. He's like literally like, yeah, of course the gravity doesn't match because you're dealing with a mega structure. And they're like, what? And he goes, your rules don't apply anymore. And you're like, oh, okay. So I guess the movie's just doing whatever the fuck it wants at this point. <laughs> I wrote down, I'm confused when, it, and in this scene specifically, I'm confused but okay and then i said i don't understand how much the movie is glorifying how wild casey casey is, is like yeah i can't believe anybody's taking him seriously at this point but i mean he's right but he was right also I it's mean, at this point in the movie which i think is like an hour into the movie that the movie remembers that we put sunny in jail 40 minutes yeah. ago and so, and literally mm -hmm. Halle Berry is like, where's Sonny? And they're like, oh yeah, I'm not oh. sure. I have no idea. <laughs> and then he just shows up again. <laughs> and yeah. then the B plot starts after they leave on Earth, which again takes like. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. They forgot. So Sonny didn't drown in whatever jail he was in after the massive flood. He's like totally fine. Underground jail. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, water doesn't go underground. Everybody knows that. So they're trying to come up with this plan at this point to, like, get into space. And something happens. They only get into space because of a very generous donation by someone that you called out earlier in this podcast. They needed very strong boosters to get up to space. And who did they get them from? SpaceX. Did they really say that? Yeah, and we get another uh, thank you, Elon. I had no idea. And, like, uh, verbal no game. shit, really? Yeah, how about that? I huh? did not remember that. I did not remember that. Shitting at all. on the guy and he got them up there. He's the reason they were. God up damn there. it. I oh, had that. no idea. Shout out, Elon. <sighs> that is so stupid. Here's a question, John. So there's like hundreds of employees at NASA, right? Like, it takes hundreds of people to. Probably thousands. Hundreds, yeah. thousands, yeah, thousands even, to launch a shuttle. So after Halle Berry sends them all home, how did they get the shuttle to launch? 
Apparently, it takes one button. Yeah, it's just one button. The other one was, why did they waste our time by trying to launch three other people into space? Just just go just with send the, the heroes. characters. Don't waste anyone's time. <laughs> well, the yeah, movie is like, it seems like time. it's constantly like, this is our plan. And then it's like, the plan's not going to work. And they're like, okay, let's give up. And they're like, wait a second, we can do this now. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's do that instead. And then it's like, oh, but like... That's not going to work. Oh, okay. Well, then let's send everybody home. And they're like, wait. What if we send the the structure up while the moon is closest to the Earth? And they're like, yeah, let's do that. Dude, that scene was wild. Crazy. Where they're like, we need an extra pull by the moon. The moon is helping us. us. <laughs> I remember. I was, I was like, whoa, this is sick. This is a wild ride right here. This is when I... I was in for the movie. I said, you know what? We're only going up from here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's when you we're finally decided to buckle your seatbelt in. You're like, yeah. all Strap right, in, baby. baby, I'm here. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I, it, was, it made no sense. Everyone watching the shuttle go up was like, hell yeah. And then God immediately damn. it was like, oh, fuck, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> But, I, but I love that the reason that like before that that they can't get the shuttle up is because there's like an earthquake, and um, yeah, they're like, oh, Fowler, Halle Berry, Patrick, come see this, yeah. and they like stand in front of like put their hands on their hips and they stand in front of an engine. And they're like, what's going on here? And the guy's like, we're losing coolant, <laughs> and they're like, well, there's got to be a way to fix it. And it's like, nope, we need an entire team to do something like this. And they're like, well. I guess there goes the only hope for humanity. Send everybody home. Everybody can go home now. We we've lost coolant. So fucking we're gonna die we're now. Gonna die. So dumb. Yeah, I I think that our guy Roland wrote this launch scene with the moon and just how crazy he wrote this launch scene and that was it. He wrote the five ten minutes and then pitched it and was like. Don't worry, this is sweet. I'll make the rest of the yeah, movie. Yeah, like, he's like, like he built the movie around this ten minutes. It was me. insane. Trust me, it's gonna look <laughs> this, good. You're. This is where the budget went. Was this ten minutes of the movie right here? It was cool. It definitely didn't go to that part of the movie where Michael Pena is in like a firefight with those random bandits trying Not to important. steal oxygen yeah, tanks let's, from them. Yeah, let's get into that. Like, well, that's the B we plot. Sort of get into the- that's when the B plot starts, right? And like the beginning of, I want to say like the second act of the movie. Um, sort of, yeah. It begins when when Fowler brings all the kids together, and they're like, "You got to go yeah. to my ex husband, who's a military general in Colorado." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, good luck getting there. They're like, "Here's this Humvee. <laughs> Here's uh, an, an Asian foreign exchange student." Here is Sonny, who yeah. happens to be the worst actor I have ever seen in a movie. Um, up there. Up there. And also a little boy who also is a horrible actor. I'm so sorry. I know you're a child. But, like, he is delivering lines to Halle Berry. Like, are we all going to die? And there is, like, he's, like, stone-faced. Meanwhile, Halle Berry is, like, tearing up. She's delivering, like, an Academy Award-level performance. But, like, she's just acting with, like, these people. They're not even people. They're, like, cardboard cutouts of actors. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Look, man. 
money only goes so far we can't all be great actors like us oh yeah you know us we're great and actors. Halle Berry all of this the shit looked like it was Halle on Berry. a green screen too it's wild it was bad and it was also filmed with a gray filter it yeah. felt like throughout the whole movie I thought something was wrong with my the settings so I kept adjusting my brightness <laughs> and doing no it was just it was a gray filter so then we start the Colorado crew, I guess is what we'll call them. The the people on the ground start having the worst luck of anyone trying to get to Colorado. I don't know where they started, but I mean, or are they right in LA? The bat, no, well, NASA is it Florida or are they in Houston? Or are they in know. Houston? Could be probably Houston, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. I don't know. They all start heading over. Also, in hold the on, Humvee just one sec. Before that, okay. because that, that's when they're like, okay, we need a team, right? It's going to be you and me, Harper and Fowler, together again. Also, we're going to need yeah. a mega structurist. And they like look at Casey <laughs> and he goes, oh, I can't. I have IBS. They're like, is that supposed to be funny? I have anxiety. Oh, yeah. okay. Is that supposed to be funny? Like these are like disabilities people have, and the movie is using yeah. them like punchlines. I also uh, love that they they came to the conclusion that they needed a mega structurist, which is something a mega structure is something they learned about, I guess, in the time span of this movie. Yeah, a, a week, week ago. ago. Well, probably three weeks because. Two and a half weeks because, because at this uh, point they only they have save the world hours. just in time. They only have hours yeah, left. We are hours uh-huh. away. I'm not sure what they did for two weeks, but we are getting. I'm close. not sure either. And also to add on to the fact that, like, okay, yeah, the moon is gonna hit Earth. The dummies in the army are like, we're gonna nuke the moon, and oh right, <laughs> like, oh, what about radiation? We're not thinking about radiation. Fuck it. We're thinking about getting rid of the moon. <laughs> Yeah, we we make moon go boom. Yeah, moon go boom. We big boomers. But wait, we boom boom the but moon. But wait, sir, sir, if you blow up the moon as it's heading towards us, won't it just continue to crash into us mm-hmm. with more pieces? No. <laughs> moon go yeah. boom. Moon go boom. That sounds like a problem for future boom, us. Boom. <laughs> yeah. That ain't my that problem. Sounds like, that sounds like a problem for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, dude. I love that we learn early in uh, the third act that, or late in the second, that Sonny, uh, Sonny's mom and, and Tom have a Walking Dead-style setup where they are they just have a crazy camp set up yeah, they have like a cabin and i'm not sure they have a huge cabin with everything and, and i'm like not the really HOA sure what Tom does. Like, patrols the borders of the yeah. cabin neighborhood or something night watch yeah yeah what the fuck yeah, everyone that? had a night watch in their neighborhood you know right mm-hmm. you know go out with flashlights you know what i'm saying bananas uh oh also, it was weird because wasn't he a used car salesman? I don't know. That's just the vibe I got because he was standing in front of Alexis. Also, I like Michael Pena a lot, and that's probably the only reason I gave a fuck about him passing away in this movie. Which, honestly, he, he didn't have to die because Oxygen came back minutes, <laughs> if not ha- less than a minute. It was so fast. I was fully died. expecting them to cut back to him going like... <laughs> 
<clears throat> you know, like a fish out yeah. of water, like a fish put, like when you drop a fish back into the tank. Yeah. I mean, it could have this, this subplot was so forced, especially when we get in the third act, if you, they keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and yeah. forth. Any time that the plot of this crew trying to get to Colorado came on, I looked at my phone. <laughs> I want, I needed more space. I was so invested in what the hell was happening in space. And then that got really confusing yeah. right away. I mean, it was, I, I'm glad you said that. I looked at my phone a lot during this movie. So much that I kept having to rewind it. And then I was like getting angry at myself because then I was like thinking like, it's taking me three hours to watch this two hour movie now. <laughs> and then I'd turn it back. Like I rewind it. I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't miss anything. And I didn't. I hadn't missed anything. No, you didn't. I hadn't missed anything at all. Except the effects. Like I will say... The water simulations and the VFX that they're using at some points are very cool. They're fun to look at. How about that CGI car fight, huh? That was so bad. That was so bad. And it's like, it's almost like they knew it was so bad. So they kept trying to like throw debris in front of it to like hide how bad it looked. Yeah, that was rough. And also like gravity seems to have a mind of its own. And it seems to like only affect certain areas. And when it's convenient to fuck right. with our characters. Same with the oxygen. I'm really confused as to why they lost oxygen out of nowhere. Yeah, I have no idea. That made no sense to me. This movie also, for those who have been listening to us since Twilight, hit on one of my big movie pet peeves. They're in snow territory in the mountains. And not one of them has you can see the air coming out of their breath. Like you can't see their breath <laughs> yeah, at all. You can't. Which is a dead giveaway for not being somewhere cold. Yeah. I hate, I hate that shit. What did you think about the, uh, AI? Exposition? Oh, when the little kid was delivering it. Kind of a jump. Yeah. When, yeah. when Patrick Wilson makes it in, they kind of crash into the mega structure, right? They're in, he now is, is getting, the whole dump of what's going on. Yeah. So I felt like I was watching a different movie. <laughs> and the little kid's voiceover was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I It sucks because, like, I really like Patrick Wilson. And I think he'd be, he's a great, you know, uh, actor to lead a movie, especially a science fiction movie. But, like, yeah, this scene was awful. Especially because... Like, the movie goes from, oh, your ancestors um, had, you know, they, they created a world that social conflicts have been resolved. They're like, wars were memories of lost times and, uh, you know, like, everything was solved. And they had this thing that you call AI, artificial intelligence, right? Controlled by, like whatever a single computer and it served them it did everything they had like little alexas in their rooms that would do everything they wanted and then one day it just turned on them and we are not giving any reason as to why ai decided to turn on humanity you know because in terminator ai turns on humanity because no well the well, the whole reason ai turns on humanity is because like its own logic is like oh the humanity is going to kill itself 
like the biggest threat to the planet is human beings, etc. That's always why AI turns on humans because that they're a virus or some shit, you know. They take over the environment, they fucking pillage. So then AI is like, okay, we're gonna put this out. This AI literally has nothing at no reason at all to do it, except that maybe I think she says like it just deems the species inferior. Yeah. That's it? It got too smart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was dumb. And, it, like, it just... It looks dumb, too, because they're, like, flying around, like, the Matrix squids, but they're nanotech. So, like, why aren't they... They could be creating, like, massive structures, not just flying around like a fucking cloud or something. I don't know. I will say, give the movie credit for one thing, and that is we get one character whose arc comes full circle, and that is Casey who the whole movie just wants to prove his point and prove that he's somebody, and then he takes one for the team and then becomes part of the mega structure. Yeah. The end. Yeah. That was it. And that's how the movie ends. So basically, they get into the AI. No, they get into the inside of the moon. Um, our ancestors have programmed this thing to like just buzz all of this information into Patrick Wilson's head, right? And then they fix yeah. the, they fix their little drone spaceship thing, and they upgrade yeah. the EMP. Which this doesn't make any sense to me. How the AI can only attack organic, like technology that also has organic tech in it or whatever. But like you're fly, you're still flying a fucking spaceship. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. And if it could have done all that, why wouldn't it have just done it? Yeah, and it's, the, it's like hilarious. if you can create all it's this like stuff. It's like the Pacific Rim logic, where like EMPs. Do you remember in Pacific Rim, like Gypsy Danger, the 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 main robot? It's like, oh, the 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 kaiju's EMP attacks won't affect it because it's fully analog. <laughs> it's like a massive. It's a massive robot. robot. <laughs> Like, any fucking same sense. thing with this same yeah. shit with this it's like oh no we're just gonna like we're not gonna take the logic to its logical conclusion we're just gonna stop right before we get there because that's what's convenient to the movie it's crazy and then the movie the movie ends yeah literally they save the world they land it's over they save the world are you ready for the sequel um honestly if there was a sequel to this movie i'd probably watch it like, our conversation has kind of turned me back to being like, okay, this movie was hilarious. <laughs> All right, well, then probably what, watch uh, it. what are your final thoughts? It's not going to happen. What are your final thoughts? They're on not going to make a sequel, John. Um, my final thoughts, you know, this, this was actually a lot of fun. Talking to you about it has made it a lot more fun than it was upon first watch. Uh, but there's so much in this movie that makes absolutely no sense. Like we said, like, gravity has a mind of its own. The AI doesn't really make any sense. The targeting, the way the AI target, it's just ridiculous. So I wish I could say that upon first watch, this was fun, but I was trying to stay awake half the time. I kept looking at my phone. I kept having to rewind. So it took me way longer to watch. The CGI in some parts looked like crap. There's a scene, the scene where Michael Pena is just shooting at the random looters looks so bad. I felt like I was watching one of those Redbox Bruce Willis movies that they just like CG his face onto like a whole different actor, you know? Uh, it seems like he's just on a green screen and then they just put him in. 
the movie is truly a disaster. You know, great job, Roland. You made another one. I hated it. I might watch this again just for shits and gigs, but like if it's on FX or something, I'll turn it on to like vacuum my house and water my plants and like cook dinner. But that's only because I won't have to act and then leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come back two hours later. Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson are clearly pros in this movie, though. Their performances are pretty damn good considering how bad the material that they're delivering is. Everybody else, though, laughably bad. Michael Pena does have, like, that one scene that's pretty heartfelt, but it came out of fucking nowhere, and it made no sense, so you couldn't feel it. You couldn't feel the emotion, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That third act AI dump of the... It's just a mess. It's it's a mess. This movie's a mess. What about you? What do, what do you think? I, uh, yeah, it's interesting, because thinking about it, thinking about this movie in general... And thinking about critics and audience, what's what's interesting to me about this movie is what someone will say is all of those things that you experience. Well, you're supposed to. It's supposed to be that kind of movie, which is frustrating because if you're supposed to be critiquing a movie, why shouldn't all movies be on the same platform? You know, why shouldn't you be basing them? Like if this movie is a space disaster movie, why should I not base it the same as if I watched uh, The Northman or another movie that is being highly regarded like gravity. critically and by the audience? Or like, yeah, like Gravity or Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Like why is it not being perceived on the same level? Very confusing to me. What I would say about this movie, if it was a nice spring, rainy day and I turned it on, it would be great because it would put me right to sleep. And that's what would make it. It would do its purpose. Mm-hmm. If I could change anything about this movie, it would be for it to only be the third act. It would start from the launch scene and then they would take out anything that wasn't space. So it would be about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And it would be perfect. <laughs> what do we know? Let's uh, let's see what the real critics said about this. So they say the real yeah, ones. Yeah. What do they know? Let's do Here's it. Here's one from Newsday. Nearly every scene is a climactic moment, albeit with virtually no connective tissue to explain why things are happening or even how the characters got from one location to another. One and a half. So true. Stars. Sunny is just like we, popping we up on. from one place to another. Like, yeah, I, I, I and, and you know what's hilarious? At the end of the movie, they didn't even get to where they were trying to go no sunny and failed. all of them like they, like the kid is even like we never got to dad and halle berry's like that's okay <laughs> yeah your dad sucks anyway we're also divorced. he's dead You're he died like the yeah. building collapsed onto him it's so dumb they don't know that yeah. they'll figure it out later RogerEbert.com. uh roland emmerich destroys the world again with moonfall but this time his heart just isn't in it one and a half stars. Wow. Couldn't agree more. I, you could tell his heart wasn't in it. Just from Sonny, from calling the the bad AI. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think, though, I, I don't know if I fully agree with it because this movie did something that, like, other Roland Emmerich movies don't do, and, like, that's the whole alien thing. Well, I guess Independence Day does, so never mind. Independence Day, Independence Day 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind. Come on. 
All right. This one's from the New York Post. A huge sigh of relief is heaved after two hours when you can finally say, good night, Moonfall, one star. Do you think that person wrote that? They're like, like, (laughs) nailed it. Nailed nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I have a future in this biz. Yeah. How's this for a headline? Remember that good night, Moon (laughs) book? (laughs) Yeah. You guys get it? Fucking ready. Right, writings for me. I mean, I agree. And yeah, and so it, I, yeah. How much did they give it though? One one star. One out of five. Yeah, four. One, one out of four. four. Yeah, I mean, I'm with I'm with it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it seemed that the the whole critics' their biggest qualm with the movie was just that it was disconnected, and the CGI wasn't great for what it should have been as a movie like if you're going to be a bad movie at least blow me away visually you know dune whoa um (laughs) (laughs) wow you're right you're right or or like like inception right yeah yeah exactly exactly exactly. all right let's see uh you know i mean 70%, 38% 70%, 38% from the critics. That makes sense that they just sort of poop on it, not really give too much feedback other than just poo-poo because, Poo-poo. yeah, that's another thing that happens in life, folks. Uh, when when people don't like something, they won't typically give you feedback. They'll just tell you it's bad. And they won't give you suggestions. As you mean like constructive criticism? But that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're here. The audience reviews. This is from one of our guys. Big Big R. Uh, he gave this one four stars. Enjoyed it. Just a lighthearted action flick. No preaching or pushing politics. Fun escapism. I mean, yeah, I I can see that. I can see that argument, especially now. Like you and I talking about it, like I said, has made this movie a lot more fun in my eyes. But watching it the first time was so rough. Yeah. I might go back again though, just to laugh at it, you know. This one, this next one is for you. I see, I seen it and already forgot about it. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> that was me at the beginning of the podcast. I was like honestly worried I wouldn't be able to remember shit. <laughs> the uh, this one here is funny considering the first one. Moonfall is a highly entertaining movie, only slightly spoiled by diversity politics and woke ideology. The writing can be lazy at times, but it's not terrible. I've seen, I've never seen this in a movie where the head of a famous national agency simply walks away from his position (laughs) before things even get difficult. Just so (laughs) the fem, the black female can now be in charge. Yes. He's a white male diversity the the, this diversity aspect ruins the casting for the movie but it's still highly entertaining due to the lavish special effects and cinematography give it a watch if you can what the fuck what hold on give me a second to pick my jaw up from the ground because this guy is an unabashed (laughs) racist (laughs) who reads you know how people things like that or writes things like that's, this. But that's what you know I'm saying. How, like, no, how do you afraid? read the movie and be like, oh, the white guy left just so he could give the black lady his job? What? 
The same people insane. that believe there's a mega structure inside the moon. That's crazy. That is the most insane take. Diversity politics and woke ideology in this movie? Yeah, man. Richard S., you can go fuck yourself. What's the next one? Whoa, Dickie S. Um, next one, horrible storyline. Cheesy, scripted and consistently dumb lines. Multiple scientific liberties. <laughs> Of course, the USA is the only country that is capable to do anything on behalf of Earth. Amazing how they were able to bring a decommissioned spacecraft out of a museum within a few hours and make it flight ready within a few days. Yeah. Great movie for a six to 12 year old, but anyone <laughs> smarter than that will be wasting their time watching this dribble. Yeah, point I don't understand stars. how they did that. I think at one point they're like, we have 28 minutes to launch and they do so much shit. In 28 minutes. This one right here brings brings kind of the average up to uh, back to where it should be. Closer to a 70. Really good triumph under adversity movie. The classic government tries to blow us up, but a few people save the world. Classic happens all the time. Dyson's fear plot was brilliant. The robotic alien was awesome. People need to start enjoying good movies again. Those slow moving type movies that everyone like need to go away and get replaced by this. Type. No, Five no, stars. he's wrong. We need more of those slow burn movies. I agree. I think we need more of these. No. Fast 10, no. baby. <laughs> no. The Dyson Sphere thing is crazy that they brought that in too, though. Like that the fact that the hollow moon is a Dyson Sphere. Is, that's cool, but. First of all, a Dyson Sphere would be way bigger than this because a Dyson, the whole, do you know what a Dyson Sphere is? Sphere is from? No. It's like a vacuum, the rolly ball. In the no, vacuum. it's like a, I don't know where, I think maybe it's like a Star Trek thing where like uh, basically like this advanced civilization, they build a structure around a white dwarf, which is like a, a star that has collapsed. And so the structure, the Dyson Sphere itself is like feeds off the energy of the, uh, of the white dwarf star. That's what that is. Which I think is... I don't, Isn't that what Santa does? Santa? Yeah. His workshop? Isn't that how you built it? He built like a structure around a bunch of white dwarfs? <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that. I thought they were elves, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. It's close though. Um, this guy's wrong. We don't need more movies like this. I'm cool with like sometimes, you know, here and there. We need a dumb movie for sure because I love Fast and Furious, but this was not one of them. You know, audience seventy percent, critics thirty eight percent. What would you give this movie out of? What is your real ranking? Let's hear. Time for the real ranking. I'm gonna give this movie. Uh, it says something different on here, but I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna give it a thirty out of a hundred. Wow. Yeah. You dropped after saying yeah. you had so much fun talking about it and that you I might can't just see it again. 40. I can't justify 40. 30 is under the critics. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm also thinking wow. about Fantastic Beasts. And I'm like, I gave that like a 35 or something. And this is worse than that oh, movie. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I don't even remember what I gave that movie. I think I gave it in the 60s. I think you were in the 60s or something. Yeah. yeah you you and Noah were both movie. above 50. Yeah. I yeah. think you and Micah were both about 50. I'm going to give this movie a 45 
out of 100. That's just because solid. it's not. I think that's solid. I think anything under 40 is honestly just like garbage. And I, yeah. do, I honestly don't think I would finish a movie if it was under a 30. I wouldn't have finished this movie though. if I didn't have to. Yeah. Well, you said you're <laughs> going to go watch it again. And that you'd watch this. Like, like I'll turn it on. Like I'll just leave you're it. Hot on. and cold right now. You're Katy Perry and hard I right am. now. I would watch the sequel as well, but like, cause I know that it would be bad, and I would probably have a good time with it. What it though? Yeah. <laughs> Roland Emmerich, if you're out there, if you're listening, um, do better. But also keep it up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> Anyways. What did you guys think of Moonfall? Let us know on our socials at EARC Pod and be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to all of you that listen and reach out on the socials. We really appreciate it. Um, we had like a big response to the Muggle Cast episode with Micah. Uh, we're really grateful for that. So, my name is Jose Garcia Chow here with John Wolf as always. Today, I guess I sided with the critics. Either. Yeah, what would you? Are you with the? Critics? i guess i'm in between neither neither nor i would say yeah, a neither nor okay yeah but remember john at the end of the day it doesn't really matter because everyone because every real uh, critic real real critic a real critic <laughs> <laughs>